Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the On Life Podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. Here we are on life with Helen, and I have Gosh, one of my best people in the world, Dennis Carlson from Carlson West, and he is a GA for short-term and long-term disability and everything in that arena. So I'm going to let Dennis introduce himself and talk about where he's been, where he's going, and then get into the need of disability insurance. So Dennis, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. Yeah, I'm excited to finally be on your podcast, longtime listener and a huge Helen Ornelas fan for Thank you. <laughs> over a decade here since we both kind of started off at, at a regional insurance agency and and now kind of have both kind of grown our own businesses uh, over the years. So it's been really fun keeping in touch with you and, and following your journey, Helen. Thanks for the nice intro. So yeah, Dennis Carlson, Carlson West Insurance Solutions, brokerage general agency for income protection for executives, highly compensated employees, but also for for anyone who's thinking about income protection. And we can kind of get into what that looks like. But just to give you like my my quick background to set the table a little bit, I was an employee benefits advisor for about 15 years. Almost 10 of those years, I owned my own agency. That was acquired in 2017. And I've spent the last five years kind of figuring out what I want to do when I grow up. Yay. Um, uh, <laughs> always an entrepreneur at heart. But over the past five years, I, I did, got to do a lot of consulting in the employee benefit space, got to work for a nonprofit for a couple of years, which was awesome. But as my non-compete in the insurance industry ended, I really started to feel this tug back into the space, something that I thought like, oh, I don't know if, you know, if I would, if I really need to get back into insurance, but I really felt compelled, particularly as I started to think about the need for income protection, for disability insurance, for everybody. To me, as a benefits broker, I always thought that disability insurance was kind of gold for, for employees. And I shouldn't say always thought. For years, I was kind of scared of it. I didn't really understand it well enough. It, it seemed confusing. And I thought, well, I'll, all I can do is screw up my relationship by trying to get in the weeds on income protection on disability insurance. But once the light bulb went off a few years into my career, I really realized that I should be talking about disability insurance after medical. That's what led me to start Carlson West to really help first benefits brokers, but of course, financial advisors, life agents, commercial insurance agencies, really help them better position income protection for their clients. 
and really show the value before you ever start getting into quoting or or even into you know talking about disability insurance you really have to understand what you're even kind of protecting to begin with so that's kind of the the, the impetus of launching this new venture and really excited you know Helen that you and I get to work together again oh my gosh super excited I've known disability inside and out which we had spoken about a little bit before we got started it's a sale and we quoted a lot, and it's, sometimes it's just really difficult to get people on board. But I'd like to hear about your process and, and how you're going to make it easier for business owners and high net worth earners and just regular folks see the value and want to pull the trigger on it. So what are like the top three things that you think people need to know? I think when we talk about what you need to know about income protection, and I'm going to take this from like the agent perspective. So let's even just say like an employee benefits broker or, or any type of insurance agent that may be licensed to sell income protection, but doesn't necessarily feel like they're completely qualified to. Right. Let's put it in, in context. Let's be honest. A lot of us do it as a reaction because somebody asked, about asked it. for it, right? <laughs> and they probably asked for it because they had a friend or a loved one who all of a sudden was without an income due to injury or illness. And they knew that there was something called disability insurance. They found out, you know, they were supposed to ask about, they ended up asking their advisor, their broker, whoever it is that they thought they should ask. And that person said, oh, shoot, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this before. Yeah, maybe we should take a look at it. And yeah, I'll go get you some quotes. In the normal process, as you know, Helen, and this is an experience that I had a lot of times when you get into individual disability income protection, is if someone hasn't been shown the value and isn't like, hey, I'm ready to sign up today. I don't care what it costs. Right. They get sticker shock when they look at the the premiums. And so I think setting kind of the, the context around what really is the purpose of it and what do you need to understand about it is really important because that sticker shock can actually just completely go away if it's positioned appropriately and in the context of what it, what it is you're actually protecting. So so when you say like, what are the three things? Well, one of the first things to understand is that although I could throw out statistics all day long, the statistics aren't going to move the needle for anybody. We know that 52% of Americans own life insurance, but 14% own disability insurance. So that's a statistic that I use not to say there's no growth or nobody wants disability insurance. What I use it is to say, to, to remind benefits advisors, even financial advisors, that no one is talking to their clients about the need for this. They may be quoting it, but they don't talk about the need. So that's one thing is is really think about like some of the statistics and what they actually, what the story is behind that. Right. The other thing to understand is when you're talking about the value of income protection, you need to just start with, with income. The way that we start this conversation typically is Understanding what somebody makes in a in a given year, right? That's pretty simple. Of course, right. if we protect protect this. We need to understand what you make. But then what we do is to say, okay, you make let's call it one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year right now, and you are forty years old. When do you want to retire? Well, I plan to retire at let's call it sixty seven. Is a pretty common retirement age right. days. So then we take that one hundred twenty thousand dollars that you're making today. We'll go ahead and for assumption's sake, assume that there's a 3% cost of living raise or adjustment that you're going to receive every year from now until retirement. And we plot that for you and we show you, okay, as a 40-year-old now, you plan on retiring at 67. Let's look at your entire income asset 
That's all the money you're going to earn between today and retirement age. And we plot that for them and we show them what that income asset is. And for anybody, that's a really big number. Right. And that's where we start the conversation because that's what we're protecting. The next thing to understand once you've plotted that income protection piece is to help people understand what's going to happen if they actually are sick or injured and can't can't go to work. Now, the important piece of that, and you asked for three things, so I'm gonna, I'll make this the third one, is that you need, you need to get past that optimism bias that, that we all have, right? So once you understand the value of it, that might be enough to say, okay, I, yeah, now I see my income plotted over time and, and what I could really lose if I were to be sick or injured and couldn't work. And if I were to, if that were to happen to me tomorrow, that's an enormous number for someone making $120,000. I, I can't do the math that fast in my head, but we've got the calculators to do it, but it's, it's in the million dollar plus range, right? When I take a look at that and then I think, well, I'm pretty healthy. I'm pretty careful. I don't do a lot of high risk activities and I don't think it's going to happen to me. Or I think, you know what, if it did happen to me, I'm in a, an environment where I could still figure out how to make a living under, under a lot of different types of illnesses or, or injuries. Right. But what we really need to understand is that the, bring back those statistics and, and look at the fact that for folks that are in their working years, they could have like a, up to a one in four chance of becoming disabled prior to retirement. And when you look at that versus the the risk of death before retirement, the odds are exponentially increased for the risk of disability. So that optimism bias that we have, that that idea that, hey, it won't happen to me, is actually unfounded. I mean, statistically, it's, it's actually inaccurate. It will happen to you. Something very well may happen to you. So we need to get past that. And, and the way that we do that, that seems to to resonate more with people and people are willing to say, okay, you know, maybe it could happen is to not say, hey, if you were to become sick or injured tomorrow and you couldn't work, what would that mean for you and your family? That's that's a common tactic. And it's 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 used by a lot of the insurance companies when they tell you, here's how to how to position income protection. But what I prefer to do is actually say, like, hey, you're 40 years old and you want to retire at 67. Let's look mid-career. Let's look at when you're 55. 40 years old today, when you're 55. That's when the wheels start getting wobbly, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, I'm, I'm almost 50 and I've already, I've already had my experience right. with wobbly wheels um, in the medical arena. Um, that's one of the podcasts. But I think when you start to look at, okay, mid-career, somebody looks out 10 years from now and says, well, yeah, you know, I, I know people get heart attacks, people have strokes, people get cancer. These things happen. They don't kill you now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thankfully, mercifully, Medicine's in a position now where, where these things are not necessarily, you know, death sentences, but they may put you out of work for a while. And the, and the average disability average is two and a half years. That's the average disability claim today. So showing somebody, hey, if you were out of work for three years in the middle of your career, what would that look like? And that starts to become really compelling. And then we take it out and say, okay, that same disability, what if it took you out, took you out until retirement age? It's not an all or nothing calculation when we're talking to somebody about what kind of income they're they're actually protecting. And once you understand kind of those core pieces, hey, here's your entire income asset. Here's what it would look like if you were sick or injured and couldn't work for three years in the middle of your career. Here's what it would look like if you're sick or injured and couldn't work from middle of your career till the end of your career. It starts to put things in a lot of perspective. And that premium shock kind of melts away because now we're talking about 
your income asset and protecting that million plus dollar income asset for one to 3% of that asset. So that's one of the ways that, you know, we like to, and I say we, you know, from right now it's, it's, sure. it's me and, and my, <laughs> and my advisors, my benefits, right. primarily benefits advisors that I'm working with that are positioning it this way, but that we're really seeing, seeing resonate with people. Yeah. I had my own agency now for a while as a, a GA and sub GA and some of the DA disability conversations I have, I compare it to kind of like a car accident. People start inquiring after they've had an event, right? Which makes it a little bit more difficult. Usually there's one partner that's younger and one's older. And so that makes it difficult. And sometimes, you know, I ask business owners to think about when you have business partners or a partner and that person is sick and you don't have like a buy, sell disability or something in that partner agreement to fund their disability, then your business takes on the cost of that because what are you going to do? Say, well, hey, we're going to stop your paycheck. You know, usually not. And then for how long are you going to keep that going? Well, you know, at some point, it's really going to get super itchy every time you start looking at it. And so those are some of the things that we encourage people to look at. And a couple things, a lot of professionals get an overhead expense disability, which helps dentists and some doctors and vets and stuff keep their business running. And I know that that's always something really cool to look at. What I'm super happy about in working with you is that we have all the solutions now in one place where we can quote people and get them taken care of. And I'm just excited for disability. I've always had a disability policy through my work at the very least. And I know you have, there is a little sense of comfort. Um, I had my own health event. I did not have to access it because of course I work for myself, but I still had it. But if I did, it would have been super helpful because I don't know what would have happened because I went right back to work, but I wasn't full tilt. It took a while, a couple of years to to get it back to a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. I think once you, once the light bulb goes off, I mean, I, Helen, you, I think you sold me my first disability. I did. My first individual <laughs> disability policy yeah. when I started. And I was on. happy when you had it. Yeah. And, yeah. and for me, I, I look at my own experience with that. And same thing for me, I ended up out of work for a bit because I had to have a, a pretty major surgery. I didn't have to activate a disability policy, but man, I sure thought about like what it was going to look like if I needed to do that and sure felt really comfortable with the fact that disability insurance exists, gives me and my family a lot of comfort. You bring up a lot of good points though with business owners, with all the different types of issues they can have surrounding the single peril, the, the disability of a person. Yes. You're talking about business overhead expense, which covers the expenses of the business and to the disability of an owner, not the owner's salary, but all the employees' salaries, the rent, Correct. bringing someone in to run it for you, exactly. And I and I and I've been talking a lot with commercial insurance agents about that because it it falls right in line with what they're already trying to protect, which is the the business, right? We as as life and health agents, we a lot of times just focus on the person, but if the other times if that's a key person, a rainmaker, let's say in a in a small business. That's going to make a big difference. So that business over expense, you mentioned key person. Again, if you have a key person life insurance policy, my next question is, well, when did someone ever die and then get sick? Like, let's right. let's go back and do things. And I know I'm talking <laughs> to a life agent here. Right, Helen, but right. let's, go, let's go back and do things in order. You're more likely to become disabled. Life insurance is utmost importance. 
a lot of us have it and a lot of us understand the need, the need for that. That's not a hard one. It's pretty binary. Either, either you, you're activating the policy or you're not in most cases. But on disability, I think, you know, there's, if you feel like it's a little more gray, but getting that in place for that keep, whether that's a key person or for buy sell agreement, like you said, if a business owner goes down and the, and the business is going to suffer because of it, you need to hire another employee. You need to, there's a lot of expenses that surround that. It's all fixable with money, which is what these policies, these policies provide. But, you know, you kind of touch on another thing, which, which is you and I both actually sought it out and purchased disability policies on our, on ourselves, but kind of getting people to that point um, when they're not maybe a business owner or an executive, maybe where the business isn't going to be paying for, for the policy. I wanted to mention another way for your listeners out there to, to think about how they can best position income protection. So I kind of mentioned the income asset and, Hey, here's what would happen. And sometimes that's a little too personal for people because again, they're either their optimism bias or they just simply don't want to think about the fact that they might, that something might happen to them. Two other quick tips, if I'm, if I may, one is, and this has been around for years, but man, when I discovered this, uh, it was kind of a game changer when I even just talking about group long-term disability with employees, when I'd be in enrollment meetings with employees talking about group LTD, was it's called a job A, job B. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah, go ahead and explain it though. The basic premise is you're sitting with with an employee and it could be a business owner, or it could be an employee of a company and say, hey, you've got two different jobs in front of you. They're both the exact same job. You work for the same company, you do the exact same work. Job A, let's call your salary in this case, $100,000. Job A pays you $100,000 a year. If you're sick or hurt and can't work, you get zero. That's job A. And you get zero till till retirement age. You're you're done, or until you you recover and, and you're able to get back to work. Job B, exact same job. Remember, same employer, same duties, same day to day activities. It's going to pay you. In the case of a you know group long term disability policy that we're talking about, job B, let's say that's going to pay you ninety nine thousand dollars, not a hundred thousand. To pay ninety nine thousand. The difference is, it's going to pay you six thousand dollars a month tax free. If you're sick or injured and can't work, which job do you want? Well, when you put it in those stark terms, I've never had somebody say, oh, I want job A. Right. Because I'm never going to become. Yeah. I mean, you always you always pick. And it doesn't matter what the inc- I mean, the income could be thirty thousand dollars. It could be two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. It's still going to impact that family and that person in the same way. That's exactly right. And then the other one, if you want to get really take it out of the kind of personal environment, is to just talk, stop talking about, you know, your own income and their income and potential for disability. I like to tell people about this machine that sits in their garage that produces, again, let's take, let's take the example of, let's call it $10,000 a month. This machine in your garage produces $10,000 a month in income for you and your family. Would you insure that machine for one to 3% of that $10,000 a month? If you knew that it would pay you out, if, the machine broke down. Would you take that insurance? Would you buy that insurance? 100%. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't buy that? And that's why like sometimes just getting it out of that real personal environment, it's, it depends on the who you're talking to. But a, but a lot of us, myself included, I do not like to think about my own demise. <laughs> I do not, that is not where I want to sit with, right. my, with my day. That's why I love having a disability policy because I don't have to think about what happens to my family if that. I know. I was just going to say, it's amazing how many people I talk to just mostly in the life insurance arena 
they're like, oh, my God, I'm going on vacation. I don't have to worry now about anything happening, you know, and it's the same for disability. Maybe you want to take that river rafting trip or go hiking in the Grand Canyon or do something that one time jump out of a plane parachute thing, right? When you're covered properly, you can actually enjoy those activities more. That's right. You don't have that thing in your head going like, oh, no, something happens. What if, what if something I'm happens? wiped out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Give you, it does give you a little more freedom that way. So there's a number of ways to kind of slice and dice the the approach. But one of the key takeaways that I think I think people need to hear is start with that value. Don't start with a quote. And by the way, talk to an expert, find somebody who's an expert that can help you show that value. If the person doesn't really understand disability income protection that that's even asking about it, they are going to be surprised, especially on the individual side. They're going to be surprised at the cost of it relative to maybe like life insurance or or something right. else that we're comparing it yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be $55 a month, right? No, not typically. But that brings up another point. And we talked about group long-term disability. And this is where, you know, my experience as a benefits broker, what, you know, one of the reasons that I really wanted to, to pursue individual income protection is because as a benefits broker, one of the things I, I saw that is so common is a great benefits broker puts in a group long-term disability policy, which is awesome for the employees. And it's relatively inexpensive. I mean, I always kind of equate it to about the cost of a dental plan. For the cost of a dental plan, which is a nice employee benefit, but nowhere near the potential benefit of a of a group disability plan, but for about the same cost. And I'm always really happy when I hear benefits brokers that like, oh no, I, I actually make sure that I talk about that every time and, and put those policies in force. The other side of that is, though, in any given group, you probably have at least 10% of the population that isn't fully covered by that group disability policy. So if you want to bring parity to the benefits, if you want to have a more egalitarian view of the employee benefits package, everyone should at least be covered at 60% of their income. So that means for your higher earners, your executives, your business owners, that you really need to look at putting in individual disability policies. And the nice thing is, for a group, a lot of times, you know, for even individual disability, if we get if we get three people, we can get a multi-life discount. If you get seven people, you can get guaranteed standard issue from a number of different carriers. So so really, this is where I, you know, really encourage employee benefits advisors to not just stop with the group LTD. Even if you don't understand it, get in touch with somebody who can actually round out the entire package for those executives. And you know who's who's really compelled by it. HR is compelled by the fact that not everyone's covered at, at at least 60%, but certainly the second you show it to an executive or an owner, let them be the one to say no. Don't say no for them. As a benefits advisor, don't think, oh, well, they're, they're not going to want this or they've never asked about it. No, you. it's so easy to show them what that coverage could look like for them and then let them make the decision of whether or not they're going to want it. And the other piece of that is when you're looking at individual income protection for a business owner, if you're not a benefits advisor, then you really should think about engaging the benefits advisor and maybe layering in that group, that group coverage underneath, because you can, it's quite a substantial savings. You know, if you can have call it anywhere from $6,000 to $10,000 a month in a group benefits policy covered underneath that individual policy for whatever, you know, maybe you need, maybe you only need an additional five to $7,000 a month for, for that owner as opposed to $17,000 a month that you were originally thinking you were quoting. And, and those, those tactics really are, again, 
fairly simple and really easy to explain if you're already talking about group disability. There's not a you know a whole other layer of understanding that you have to you have to be aware of. It's really just positioning it kind of at the same time that you're already talking about income protection. Just talk about the whole picture. Don't stop at just the group plan or don't stop at just the individual plan. I mean, you reminded me of that on a case that we were working on last month. Sometimes things just kind of fall out of your brain. And when you had you know mentioned about getting the group and then laying the individual, I'm like, holy cow, that'll save them a ton of money. I have a question for you. One of the things that I come up against are business owners that are working later into their late 60s and early 70s and sometimes even mid 70s. And so do you see the DI market changing in the future to provide coverage for our healthy working folks? <laughs> They're going to have to. Yeah. No, I I do. What I found really interesting is, you know, I I was an armchair expert on disability, on individual disability right. as a benefits broker. I really understand understood group really well and and kind of started doing individual. So I don't want to claim, to, you know, to have 20 years experience and, and talk about where the industry was versus where it's going. But I will share this. As I've dug into this more to see the specialty companies, and when I talk about special, I mean, cover like Lloyd's of London cover holders, for example. Lloyd's, if you're not familiar with Lloyd's of London, if you have any kind of risk that maybe isn't going to be covered by your kind of standard markets around lots of things, but in our case, Helen, life or disability, a lot of times we can go to the Lloyd's market, which is literally a syndicate of people saying, we will cover this risk. The reason I mention that is because there seem to be more and more, whether it's Lloyd's or other specialty coverage, I use Lloyd's as an example, but more of these specialty coverage holders who are seeing the the gaps in the current disability market and filling those for situations like you just described. You know, we've got uh, an owner who's who's older but still working, still in in decent health. Can we get coverage for them? And typically, right now, what you're going to see is like, well, sure, we can cover them, but it's not going to be a 20 year policy. It's going to be a three year policy. It's going to be a five year policy, and we're going to have some maybe exclusions in it because yeah, they did have this this issue back back here. But what's impressed me is the flexibility with really being able to dig in and say, well, we have a need for protection for X period of time. And can we do it? And typically the answer is going to be, yeah, you know, we might have to pay for it, but how are, you know, how are we going to get there? And the other side of that, this is something that I don't think I'll be able to change as one person, but I'm, I'm setting out to, to actually just raise the level of conversation about income protection in general. I do. I'm so, con- I, you pr- hopefully you can hear it in my voice that I'm so convicted that after health insurance, I just think we should be talking about income protection. I agree so much with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy to have a partner now that I can partner up with and has the same level of passion and interested in finding solutions instead of just saying no. Yeah. I talked to a lot of business owners that are transitioning their business to the next generation. And they're still staying active, but the people that they're transitioning to, they want that person to be fully covered, not only with life insurance, but with disability, because they could be a burden. They've got a contract to fulfill with them. I mean, you know, I could just kind of go on and on and I could bore people to death with insurance and disability. But we both could. Yeah, yeah, we both could. But (laughs) we may have. But yes, (laughs) that's all right. They'll get used to it. So I just wanted to bring that up that there's just uh, I'm happy to hear that there are people interested in filling that niche market that needs, we've needed a solution for 10 or 15 years now. Yeah. 
where I was going a bit with that is to kind of acknowledge that if you look at the sales of disability insurance, you look at the carrier data and the LIMRA data that's out there, sales have remained relatively flat over the past decade. We've had little bumps here and there. We're seeing more maybe on the kind of group ancillary side and things that kind of, I'm going to get in trouble for maybe even saying this, but things that fall into quote unquote disability insurance, but are maybe more like a voluntary critical illness product or, you know, something that, that actually, I think they, those completely serve a purpose. I take exception when people think they're a replacement for a true income protection policy, that they're the same. And I take exception to that because I talk with business owners and actually employees at businesses and we'll talk about income protection. They'll be like, Oh, I have, you mean like a cancer policy or I have a critical illness policy or or an accident policy, which is the closest thing kind of to, to what we're talking about, but it's not the same. <laughs> they're not, they're not the same. And so when you look at the, the market and look at it, this has been flat. The insurance carriers, in my opinion, it's not that they need to come out with new products. I don't think it's like, Oh, we just don't have the right products. I think it's the conversation. I really believe because you and I have been doing this for so long, Helen, we're not coming into this brand new and saying, Hey, what's going on here? Oh, it must, it must be we don't have the right products yet, or it must be that we don't have the right quoting tool. No, it's none of that. All the great new tools that are out on the marketplace to make it easier to buy disability insurance, I'm really, really happy about, but they do nothing to move the needle in getting people to have the conversation. And that's what I'm interested in is let's figure out how to get the conversation started and show people the value. And then great. I love these insure techs that are making it easy to buy. Great. Make it easier to apply and enroll or to quote and enroll. Love it. But somebody, and I think it's us, Helen, that needs to actually focus on building that value proposition. Well, 2023, I would love to do a campaign with you and get it out there for the whole year. This could be an amazing time because people have been sick with COVID and who knows what. I mean, there's just been a lot of people have seen what stuff around and they've seen how catastrophic it could be. So do you have a closing statement or something that people would like to know? (laughs) I don't know what they'd like to know, but. Certainly, I, you know, I love talking about this stuff. If anyone is just income protection curious, please reach out. My email is dennis at carlsonwest.com. Pretty simple. The website's up and hopefully we'll be have even more resources, but it's carlsonwest.com. I'd love people just to connect on LinkedIn. Um, I think that's a great place. If you're on LinkedIn, you can, I'm pretty easy to find Dennis Carlson. But yeah, I, I think kind of as a closing thought is don't be afraid of what you don't know. My philosophy in life is is look for the experts and let them help you. If you're a benefits advisor, if you're a financial advisor, whatever it is that's kind of your lane of genius, stay in that lane. You don't don't need to get out of your lane. But part of being in that lane of genius is surrounding yourself with with people that can help you. And that's not a plug for for me. It certainly is is a plug for Helen. But I think there's a number of people. Look look for people that have been doing this a long time and and reach out. I agree 100% with you on that. Yeah. Well, Dennis, it's always a joy. We will have information on how to contact you once the podcast is out. And we will most certainly have you back with maybe some case studies here in the next maybe three or four months and dive deeper into it. So thank you so much on Life with Helen, Dennis Carlson, and we'll be talking with you soon. Thanks, Helen. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornelas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, 
please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, helen at ornellosinsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond. Beyond.